Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Just thou this dayeth removeth from thine life allest of thou aforementioned problems. We pray to God like this, thinking that relationally I'm meant to bring you this list of everything that you need to solve. If you're God, of course. If you're God, you need to get rid of all this. If you're God, you need to remember. If you're God, I shouldn't be going through this. But he's promise keeper, not problem solver. He has problems, he has promises for you, which means he has problems for you. He has promises for this church, which means there will be problems in this church. By us wanting him just to eliminate the problems, we're actually asking him to eliminate the promise. Because in order for us to step into promise, God is wanting to develop people who know how to handle and dismantle problems. Look, we all do it. I've done it. I still do it. I've prayed for God's intervention to have problems eliminated could you get rid of this i don't want to deal with this person i mean this problem could you deal with this could you deal with that i've done it you do it and i've seen it happen and i've seen god remove problems and it was it's like bonus and i'm sure many of you have as well but many a time god doesn't remove the problem he doesn't eliminate it but he gives the strength to endure or he's taken my natural and he's made it supernatural, or he's given me the correct perspective on it, he's given me insight into the nature of the problem or problems, why it's there, the purpose behind it, how I caused it and what I need to learn from it. He's given me insight into the growth that it is bringing into my life. He gives me insight into direction that I'm heading by the nature of the problems and the problems I'm looking at. Often God gives the idea or the creativity or the right person or the right group to overcome the obstacles, succeed in the challenges. See, perhaps God hasn't eliminated the problem because there is purpose in the problem for your life. The problem's there because there's purpose in it. There's problems in the promise. Could it be that the reason God allowed his people to encounter these problems that we just read about in the promised land was because he was wanting to raise up a generation of giant slayers? You, know, you can't be a giant slayer without slaying a giant. You can't be a city taker without taking a city. You can't be an overcomer without something to overcome. James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Another translation of it says that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is the ability to endure. Consider it joy when facing the problems because our Heavenly Father is using the problems to produce, to produce some amazing godly attributes in 
our lives. There's purpose in the problems. Our Heavenly Father wants to grow certain attributes in us. Perseverance, endurance, maturity, stickability, loyalty. He wants to increase our faith. He wants us, and I think this is the biggest one, He wants us to learn how to keep our peace in all circumstances. Think about this. We pray to God for more. We pray to God for things, but yet our spiritual feathers can be so easily ruffled by what we have now or by what we're facing now or by the problems in the promise we're stepping into now. We can be emotionally led, we can be whingy, we can be moany, we can be so quick to throw it in, we can be so quick to to get angry, so quick to lash out, so quick to cut off, so quick to do all manner of things that are not of God. And then we ask God, God, would you give me more? And God doesn't want to give more because he cares about who we are and who we are becoming way too much. God wants people whose spiritual feathers aren't easily ruffled, who can walk into promised lands and face giants, who can take cities, who can do great things for him, who can handle more, who can hold more. He wants these people, and the only way he can develop these people is by having them face the problems, by having them walk through problems, walk through trials to build these things into our lives. He needs to test our faith in order to produce perseverance, and when perseverance finishes its work in any given season or in any given task, in any given, with any given problem, we reach a new point of maturity. We increase our capacity. We can hold more. We can take on more. We can handle more. And I'm not saying God isn't our ever-present help in times of need. I'm not saying he just abandons us to things, but I'm saying that in many circumstances, Those problems that we're seeing, God has purpose for us in the problems. And he is there. He is our ever-present help, but he wants to help us by growing us, by increasing our capacity to hold what he does want to pour out on our lives. If you're anything like me or, or, or plenty of other people, you have dreams, you have goals, you have visions, you have what God wants to do in your life. And he gives, us these, he gives us these things, he gives us these dreams, both individually and together corporately as a church, in every church. But in order for him to be able to pour out, he needs to increase us. He needs to increase the individual. He needs to increase the capacity of a church. He needs to increase the capacity of individuals so that he can pour out what we want him to pour out and what he does want to pour out. If our capacity was this much, why would he pour out to such an extent that it would simply just crush us or cause us to become actually just a terrible, emotionally-led, grumpy, upset, whingy, gossipy, moany uh, person? That's not what he wants for us. Um, Often when I teach people these sort of principles, I've got a name for it. I call it the spiritual bills in the mailbox. Now, I'll explain it. I grew up in a single mother household, um, living in government housing. So I was well acquainted with bills, the threat of bills, paying my own mobile bills at 16, contributing to the household bills, younger than that. You know, 18, I'm already paying off my first bank loan for my 
VK, V6 Commodore. Love that car. I loved it. Um, loved that car and um, I knew Bills, understood Bills. My wife, Tracy, she moved straight out from her parents' house where everything was provided for, good, stable, secure, Chinese household where the kids don't need to know about the bills the way it should be. They don't need to know about the bills. You're the parent. You take care of them. You take care of the bills. The kids live there and then they'll discover it one day. So she moved out from that. Um, I'd been, um, she moved straight out from her parents' care and covering. I'd been living out of home for years and being the early days of our life together, trying to find our feet, make our way, um, she would do this thing where she would panic every time a bill came in the mail. So every time a new bill came in, it was like an announcement to the world. Like, we got a bill. It's like, yep, I hear you. Every time, oh no, we've got a bill. It's like, what do you mean, oh no? This doesn't need to be an oh no every time. At the, it's just a bill, okay? It's just a bill. But no, she, and you know, it's a time of our life where there's struggle involved, there's growth involved. I was, you know, I was working part-time and I was a volunteer youth pastor. Um, we didn't have our own church yet. We, we were, you know, we had a dream and, and we were both, um, she was in child protection. She had done psychology and um, we, we, we've, we've both got a goal. We've both got dreams, but we're in this financial struggle side of life. And, you know, the bills keep coming in and, each time, she's panicking. Each time, she's, she's not coping. This is a new phenomenon for her. And then she'd be like, another bill just came. Yeah, look, in case you haven't realized, these bills are just going to keep coming. There's, they're not going to stop coming. She'd say things like, we just paid one and now there's another one. It's like, yeah, that's, that's how bills work, you know, you... You pay a bill and we, we drank some water and had some showers and now, and now we pay for that water again. That's, that's how it works. And, and if you think about it, there's a lot of bills in life. There's a lot. There's water bills, electricity bills, gas bills, phone bills, internet bills, mortgage repayments, car repayments, car insurance, contents insurance, house insurance, pet insurance, life insurance, health insurance. You've got bills. You've got bills coming in. Some of you, the bead of sweat formed on your house, on your, on your head. I saw it. I saw veins popping out of necks as I read that list of bills. Terrifying. And it's like she would panic every time the bills would come in. The threat of bills. And, you know, like this one, we haven't paid this one. It's due into it. And I'm like, man, you do not understand how unpaid bills really work. You know you can go overdue. You can overdue a bill. I was like, she didn't even realize you'd get a phone switched off. I've walked through the valley of the shadow of unpaid bills. My mum made sure of that. I was like, threat of bills, been there, done that. Unpaid bills. That was my bread and butter growing up. That, that was my upbringing. That was my childhood. Unpaid bills and hearing about them. You see, I'd already walked through the valley of unpaid bills. You couldn't form a bead of sweat on my forehead with an unpaid bill. You couldn't ruffle my spiritual feathers with unpaid bills. I'll unpay a bill like a king. I'll not pay a bill in my sleep. I'm not, I'm not paying bills as we speak. No, that one's not true. But, but it was a big thing. She'd be like, what if they turn the gas off? 
I don't even know what the gas does here anyway. Let him turn it off. She's like, hot showers. I was like, all right, yeah, no, that's pretty serious. I had to teach her, these aren't going to stop. So either you need to stop, because these aren't going to stop. Well, there was no either, but you need to stop because these aren't going to stop. These bills are going to keep coming and coming and coming, and you just need to adjust to it. We'll make it through. We always do. We're going to make it. And she did, and she's a good woman of God, and, and I know I'm like making her seem like a, um, a complete wreck of a human being right now. Come on, we're talking, talking, we've been married 13 years. That was 13 years ago. She's grown since then. She adjusted. She grew. Hey, it's, I'm full hat off to her. I know people who don't grow. So, um, but I had to teach her, you need to keep your cool because this is a household of peace, and we're not going to have disquiet and disruption, and, and, and we're not going to have this in this house every time problems arise every time bills come in. And so this morning, we're talking about problems, and they're like bills. They're like spiritual bills. They keep coming. They won't stop. The spiritual problems are not going to stop. And the more we want to step into the plans of God, the more we need to realize that there's going to be bigger and bigger problems, because bigger levels, bigger devils. That's definitely in the Bible, in, in Corinthians somewhere. It's definitely an actual scripture. Bigger levels, bigger devils. See, in his purposes, in his promised lands, there's giants. There's fortified cities. And he needs people who know how to slay giants. We come to God and we make deal, we're trying to make deals with him. This, just this. If you would just remove this one problem. Then, then I'll be that person I'm meant to be. It's just that problem. It's just this one. It's just that one. If I just get over this valley, I'm, I'm, I, know what, I know what I've been like. I know I've been easily shaken. I know, I've been, I've been, I know I'm getting emotionally drawn out. I know this is happening. I know I'm full of anxiety. I know I'm getting dragged down. But I know it, but just this. If I just get over this one bump. You know, I'll, you know, just this, if I can just get over this one problem, if I can just learn how to deal with this one person, if we can just secure that one loan in the business, if we can just find the right manager, if we can just, if I just get that one, in, I swear I'll be a different person. I swear, it's then. Oh, I'll stop being this whingy, moany, upset guy. I'll stop talking about the boss. I'll stop talking about the boss when I'll... And we try to make all sorts of deals with God about the person we'll become if just this, it's just the next problem. And then I'll become this person of peace. Then I'll become this person walking in the fruit. Then I'll become this person. God brings the problems because he wants us to learn to be that person now. You see, if we can't handle what we're holding now, how can he pour out what we want next? How can he pour out bigger? How can he pour out harder? Our Heavenly Father's goal with the constant spiritual flow of spiritual bills, of problems, is to build us into people who are not easily shaken, who know how to overcome, who know how to walk in peace. And it's a peace not based on situations, circumstances. It's not a peace based on everything and everyone around us being peaceful. You know what? If 
everyone could just grow up, then I could finally mature. If everyone could just stop being, well, then I would finally have the ability myself to be a decent human being. If they could all just stop. Who? All of them. If they all would just meet this expectation, I can finally myself become the person I was meant to be. Come on. Do we really want to be people who cry and moan and despair at every giant we encounter, every, every fortified city holding territory? Are we going to be emotionally compromised disciples? Are we going to be short and rude and frustrated with people? Or should we just make a decision to recognize the problems for what they are, opportunities for growth? Well, did God bring the problem or did I cause it? It doesn't matter. Opportunity for growth. Is it my fault or their fault? doesn't matter. Who are we going to be in the valley? Who are we going to be while facing that trial? Um, we talk about those who have had a sheltered life. But, you know, we can actually be spiritually sheltered. We can live a spiritually sheltered life because we've run away from that which is meant to cause growth within us. It's funny, we look at fruit of the Spirit like love, joy, and peace, and they seem like these passive, uh, nice, um, sort of static-type fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to build into you. But can I tell you, they're the fruit that make big things happen. No, surely that's faith and, and authority and, and power. No. Because if you can't walk in peace, well, then you can't walk through harder and bigger valleys. You can't take on bigger giants. God can't give big things to people who can only handle little things. It's that simple. Love, joy, and peace are the fruit of the Spirit that will enable us to walk into massive things. There, are, there is purpose in the problems, God wants to build disciples who know how to hold their peace in all circumstances. It's kind of hilarious how, as believers, we pray for next levels, both in what we're individual stewards over and corporately as a church that we're responsible for holding together. And we pray and we ask for more, but then we grumble about the problems that come with that next level. You prayed for a girlfriend, and now you're fighting nonstop. And you're mad and frustrated. Sometimes we just need to count the problems as a blessing. I mean, you wouldn't be fighting if you didn't have a girlfriend to fight with. So sometimes you just need to stop like mid-fight. I'm not out of order. You're out of order. Wait, babe. How cool is this? We're fighting. I prayed for this. This is kind of what I prayed for. Come here. Come here. Bring it in. This is awesome. It's our first fight. Let's take a photo. Let's take a photo. Our, our first fight. You prayed for a boyfriend. God, I want a real man. I want a real man, not a compromising man. I want a man who's strong and knows how to lead spiritually in the relationship. Man, the amount of girls I hear say that, I'm like, no, you don't. You don't want that. You don't want that at all. Don't pretend you want that. Then the guy tries to spiritually lead and set a spiritual direction and vision for the household or relationship. He, he genuinely tries to do the right thing. Don't tell me what to do. Don't try and lead me. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm guided by the Holy Spirit. Don't try and lead me. Don't try and spiritually lead me. We'll see who's setting what spiritual direction in this relationship. Prayed for promotion at work. 
and now acting surprised that the bigger pay bump and responsibility increase came with increased responsibilities. I can't believe it. I went for a promotion and they promoted me and now they expect me to do more work. This is how crazy we are. We pray for things and then grumble and complain when God answers the prayer for what comes with that which we were praying for. God, take my business to the next level. And then the problems come. And then the vows and the oaths that we made to go, God, you know what, when, when, you, when, when my business reaches here, when my career reaches there, God, I'm, I, just, I just want to be a youth pastor. If you could just take me to this position, this is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. This is, God, it's all for you. It's all for you. I'm doing this for your kingdom. And then we reach there. And being that person isn't as easy as we thought. It requires increased capacity, increased ability, increased peace, increased joy, greater ability to sacrifice. You prayed to God, God, give me vision, but the picture you're seeing involves personal sacrifice and death to self. God, not that vision. Give me a different vision. How do I swipe these things? God, use us. And now we feel so used. That old catch cry. This is what the problems are for, to make sure we grow out of being those people. This is why personal growth, also known as the discipleship journey, is so important if we want to do big things and go to the next level. Otherwise, we can't seek first the kingdom of God in our lives because we literally have not grown the capacity or the ability to do so. You know, as a parent, it's crazy because we, as parents, look at our children and we want resilience. We want strength. No one looks at their kids and says, I just want to make sure that you're protected. Actually, it's 2022. Okay, some parents are, a lot of parents are out do that nowadays. But God is not a spiritual helicopter parent. He's not scared of you climbing the spiritual slide. He's happy for you to climb up and slide down. He's happy for you to graze your knee. He's happy for you to bust your lip. He's happy for you to try. He's happy for you to grow. He wants strength and resilience out of his children. He wants children that walk in his heart. He wants children that walk in his spirit. You know, when I look at my kids, I'm not, I'm not looking at them going like, geez, I pray you grow to be stunningly average, overly sensitive, easily offended, quick to quit things. I hope you managed to create theologies around why you had to quit what you quit. I hope you take the verse, Jesus lay in the boat with his head on his pillow and create a whole theology around your life around it. No, we look at our kids and we see hugeness. We see greatness. We see who we want them to become. Can I tell you, our Heavenly Father is a much more loving parent than we are. He looks at us and he sees greatness. He sees largeness. He sees bigness of heart. He sees people who can handle and dismantle. He sees resilient people. And if I could have the band jump up with us. This church has gone from strength to strength. I remember um, when I was a young youth pastor, and Michael was a youth pastor, and I came and preached at um, the uh, youth and young adults one night. And man... Poor guys. You know, do you know what the church used to be? 
they used to meet at like the back bit of a bowling alley. You know when the balls go? Where after you bowl the balls and it like, I'm sure that's what it is. I don't know. It was a room at the back of a bowling alley. They used to meet there. And then, you know, it's like, where's the rest of the church? It's like, they weren't even connected. They were like two separate buildings. The buildings weren't even connected. That's how far this church has come. This church had such great challenges because they actually used to be next to an all-you-can-eat dim sum. You don't even have all-you-can-eat dim sum anymore. Can you imagine rocking up to church every morning and having to make that choice? Do I go to church this morning or do I go to all-you-can-eat dim sum? Right, guys, let's get in the car. We need to pray about this. We need to, we need to seek God's guidance on this. No, I joke, but this, this church, this church has gone from strength to strength. And it's just getting started. Um, you know, I, I haven't left my church on a Sunday morning, I think, for two and a half years. Actually, I think the last time I came was to come here. There's probably only one or other two churches I'd leave on a Sunday morning to come for. Um, when I said this morning, if I wasn't pastoring my own church, this is the church I'd be serving at. I meant it. It wasn't just a thing I say when I, when I talk to people. I love this church. I believe in its future. I believe in where it's going. I love the heart of this church. And what I want to point out is just like in our personal lives, many of you have prayed and sowed and given and fasted into the next levels of this church. But understand that when we do that, bigger levels, bigger devils. With growth comes problems. With promised land comes problems. I love your catch cry, no perfect people allowed. I imagine if you meant that from your heart, well, the more imperfect the people, well, the more problems are going to come in. In fact, when people come into a place, people generally have problems. So problems come with people. Problems come with growth. Problems come with next levels. What God doesn't need is another problem spotter. He doesn't need another problem pointer outer. He doesn't need another aha When you look behind the curtain, that's what it's really like. Every church, no church is perfect. But churches that move forward are full of people who say, it doesn't matter what the problems are. I'm I'm here to help fight. I'm here to serve. I'm here to give the best of myself. You know, this principle we're looking at this morning, it's for your individual lives. God applies it in our individual lives. So in your studies, in your workplace, in your businesses, in your families, in every sphere of influence, on your ping pong team, grow, be the best you you can be. But also together, God calls churches together all over. He calls families of faith together and he calls them to build together, to fight together, to grow together. If I could just encourage you this morning, if this is your home, if this is home, this is a good church to have as your home. This is a good church and it is it is. What the, no matter how long you've been here, the growth you've seen, you haven't seen anything yet. Because I know the heart of this church is the heart of God. And so be one who gives your all into it for the ride. There will be problems, but there's purpose in the problems. Problems come with new levels. Problems come with increase. Let's be people that fight next to each other to defeat the problems, to slay giants, And guess what? Then there's more problems coming. There's a steady flow of problems. So the key is just for us to decide, who am I going to be? Who are we going to be? If you could all stand to your feet.
In 2 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul says this, In order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. It's debated by many theologians what that thorn of the flesh is. I think it's good that we don't know because we can kind of apply it to to many things in our own lives. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What I want to point out is don't feel bad for praying to God to take problems away. We all do it. It is so natural and we'll continue to do it. We have Paul doing it. Would you take this? Would you please take this? Would you please take this away from me? Even if Gethsemane, Jesus said, Father, if you would take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours. Don't feel bad for not wanting problems in your life. That is normal. But what are we going to do with the problems that don't go away, with the problems that remain? It's there that we say, not my will, but yours. It's there that we need to see the purpose in the problems. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know what? Let's be people who model ourselves on what Paul is saying here. Doesn't matter the insult, doesn't matter what they say, doesn't matter how I'm misrepresented, doesn't matter what comes my way, doesn't matter the weight, it doesn't matter. No matter what I see, no matter what comes, no matter what attack, I will endure. No matter what trial, I'll build the endurance, I'll let my faith increase. No matter what valley I walk through, I will go through it. I'll walk through it. Why? Because there is purpose in the problems and there's problems in the promise. We're going to sing that song that I incorrectly sung at the beginning. We're going to sing Waymaker. Don't, don't get the lyrics twisted. You can say Rainmaker because that's, that's pretty cool. But let's make sure we don't sing Problem Solver. Let's make sure we cry out to Promise Keeper and understand that in order for Him to be Promise Keeper, He needs to build a certain us. And in order to build a certain us, there's going to be problems. There's going to be problems. But when we persevere in those problems, then we step into His promise. Come on, let's sing right now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.